listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 21st of September 2021. The Australian share market recovered some of yesterday's losses. We'll tell you more in a few moments, but we'll start with those developments out of China that property development company uh, Evergrande. Of course, we are waiting for more information from the company and what the Chinese government will do about it because it may collapse. For more, I spoke earlier with independent economist Janu Chan, who is based in Hong Kong. So from my understanding, it's holding more than $300 US billion in debt, but most of that is in China, right? Does that mean it reduces the chances of it becoming uh, a Lehman Brothers style collapse and the implications won't be as big as what we saw with Lehman's? But some of that debt. Some of that debt is held by overseas, um, but yes, most of that exposure is in China. Some of that $300 billion is actually liabilities owed to workers and businesses, as well as loans from um, banks within China. I'd say that this is one key difference with Lehman Brothers in that it isn't as interconnected with the global financial system as much as Lehman Brothers. Uh, But I would say that the biggest difference between Evergrande and Lehman Brothers is the potential uh, for what what authorities can do and will do. Um, And, uh, I mean, I think when we think back to Lehman Brothers, uh, Bernanke did come out and say he, he did everything that they could to prevent it's collapsed, but they really couldn't really do much about it. Uh, it is a bit of a different situation with Evergrande, uh, but at the same time, I, I think uh, China's authorities have a bigger uh, purpose in mind in that it wants some of this risk within the in the property sector. Uh, they, they don't want to be seeing that anymore, and so they have put in all of these curbs within the property sector uh, to... And and also impose limits on debt for a number of property developers. Uh, And uh, all of that combined has uh, put some really indebted property developers in trouble like Evergrande. So how do you see all of this playing out? Uh, Look, a bailout doesn't look like, seem likely before the reasons that uh, the government wants the property sector, has been uh, putting on curbs in the property sector. Um, But at the same time, uh, there there have been signs that it's not going to want a a large collapse or major flow-on effects to the financial system um, and to the broader economy. They want to limit that. Uh, So uh, what, what has been interesting is that in the past couple of months, Um, some major lenders to Evergrande have been offering more linear terms. Um, So um, it has been able to extend out some loans to some state-owned banks, um, which which is, um, you know, sort of unique to Evergrande's situation. Um, But, you know, like a bailout itself um, in helping Evergrande doesn't really seem likely. And I think Evergrande is, because it has um, a lot of, at the moment, it hasn't been able to sell some of its assets to pay off uh, some of its debts and liabilities. It's having trouble in this environment um, that it, it's it's 
it does seem likely that some down the track you'll need some sort of debt restructure. Um, and um, with that, uh, th there is going to be that potential fallout. Now, um, I would think that the Chinese authorities would do everything they can uh, to uh, prevent uh, too much contagion impact impacting on the rest of the financial system. Um, you, I would expect that you, it, would, it would provide a significant amount of support to the banking system. Um, I think there are a lot of question marks maybe around uh, the property sector and other property developers, uh, which might also be in, in a high level of debt. Um, there's a lot of question marks about what they do there. Um, and I think um, it does seem as though that it is likely that they'll be able to contain the most of the risk within China um, if they're able to manage um, the, the fallout and, and the risk in the financial system and not have this spread out more broadly. Uh, but I guess the thing is, is that, uh, look, contagion is going to be a hard thing to manage and um, we're going to find out over the next couple of days uh, which companies have this exposure to the Chinese property sector uh, and how the Chinese economy is going to be impacted. Interest payments on that debt due on Thursday. So that's the first real test uh, for Evergrande. Janu Chan there, she's an independent economist speaking to me from Hong Kong. The Australian share market, while it opened weaker, did climb back into positive territory. The 207,273, that's up 0.4%. For more on that and market reaction, I spoke earlier to Robert Telefsky from Activist Investment Management. Yeah, so the, the markets fell as low as 0.3% early in trade. They, uh, they've recovered to sort of break even almost at this point. It just shows that there's plenty of investors out there that uh, are ignoring the short-term noise and, uh, you know, prepared to sort of support the equity market and, and, you know, buy on the dips as we've seen in the sort of the past 17 months. The, the materials uh, and energy sectors uh, were the leaders today. Uh, unfortunately, the banks gave up a little bit of ground. Uh, overnight, the US markets were, were down 1.7%, um, as low as 2.6% at some at that uh, particular point. Uh, the pullback um, mainly stems from the concerns around uh, the Chinese uh, property developer Evergrande and it's, uh, the risk around it defaulting on its $300 billion in, in liabilities and the fact that that could spill over to obviously uh, other markets in the region and globally. Other concerns uh, on the investors' minds are uh, the Fed meeting today um, and you know, really talking about uh, pulling back on stimulus. And, and I guess this is a concern more so because in, in light of recent months where we've seen some softer global activity data um, this could be a little bit too early in some minds. Interestingly, if we go back, September historically has been a poor month for equity markets in the past. If you take the last 25 years, um, equity markets have been negative uh, around about half a percent. So that sort of trend seems to continue here. And But, you know, S&P 500, it's still only 5% off its highs. So, it's uh, that that was set back in uh, September the second.
Okay, so you mentioned um, investors potentially, or some investors potentially ignoring the short-term noise. How worried are you about the potential collapse of Evergrande? The best way I could sort of describe uh, the Evergrande issue is probably alert, to be alert but not to be alarmed. Um, you know, concerns around obviously are around its um, you know risk around defaulting on its uh, on its uh, you know three hundred billion dollar loan. Um, you know, it could go a couple of ways. Uh, it could um, you know the government could come in and bail them out, but um, that's probably the least likely outcome given that. Um, yeah, they won't, don't want to be seen to be bailing out companies who really couldn't keep a lid on their debts. And that's not really going to set a good precedent um, for that going forward. Most likely, in my view, uh, we might see a restructure of their debt where um, they may have to pay down their debt uh, over a period of time. Now, investors will probably have to take a, a, a haircut, I guess, in, in some instances. But ultimately, the, uh, the customers will still get delivery of their properties. Look, as it stands, um, you know, this in the emerging markets in general, there, there seems to be a broader impact to emerging markets at play. Um, we are closely monitoring uh, the asset class, uh, rising interest rates and, and sovereign risks, as we've seen in the last few months, um, may act as a headwind for future returns in, uh, in this emerging market sector. I guess one immediate reaction was that big fall in the iron ore price. Well, what's that all about and are you worried about it? Yeah, so iron ore, um, Australia's largest export, has continued to fall in price from $233 a tonne to, uh, as of last night, $90 a tonne. Uh, the price probably overshot on the upside. Um, it, it had no business hovering around uh, over $200 a tonne in the first place, in my view. Uh, this price drop is, is likely to have a negative impact on the miners, the likes of BHP, Rio and Fortescue and other mining companies, as well as uh, the Australian government's uh, revenue sources. At $90, it's still well above most um, miners' sort of ability to make, profit uh, to make profit on that. But interestingly, the price uh, of other Australian commodity beneficiaries, the likes of uh, coal, which has tripled in the last few months, aluminium, copper, nickel and gas, have been on a, on a tear in recent uh, the recent few months. So, you know, this all really supports that super cycle um, in commodity demand that we spoke about a few months ago um, at that sort of initial reopening. And this should all support Aussie equity uh, market sort of going forward. Robert Tulevsky there. So with the market easing back, are there opportunities? Here he is again. So, I mean, at the moment, from our point of view, obviously it's a risk, but it's also probably, you know, ring fence in the sense that it might just be, um, you know, we're not, we're not expecting to see a Lehman Brothers uh, scenario where there's a contagion at this point in time. In terms of where how our, we are actually a little bit more conservative in our positioning with our portfolios. So while we continue to, to, to position our portfolios for both to capture upside in, in, in markets and downside, I guess what you call the all-weather approach, Whilst we're keeping a, a close eye on the weak data that we're seeing in recent months, I, th I think you have to sort of consider the fact that, you know, it's not um, macroeconomic, um, but it's more earnings that tends to drive um, equities in the long term as well. Um, we're favouring more quality, um, I guess what you call the quality style of investment, investing in companies that, you know, should weather higher interest rate storms, um, you know, obviously higher inflation, um, you know, companies that are, 
not you know not as highly indebted as 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 compared to others, um, you know, and they can have that ability to pass on any inflation in fact, uh, impact going forward. The likes of the banks here in Australia and VHP, and in the US, um, you know, examples like Google and Nestle. Robert Talevsky there from Activists. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Thank you.